0: or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Thanks for listening to Primetime with Isaac and Souk On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. Service
2: Patriots is your home for comfort solutions for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan.
0: Talk a lot about it once you get into the season because
2: you're just you're focused on the next game. The next game is the most important, and uh, now we get to focus on the next game, and that next game is the, the championship game that, uh, that we've had our, our sights set on since day one.
3: Oh, we've got great energy. Um, I don't think it's really my job to necessarily temper the energy, but, but m- more so make sure that we maintain the focus on where it needs to be. And our guys have done a great job of that. They realize that energy doesn't win games; execution does.
0: This is prime time on Pac-12 Championship Week. What? You by Mods PDX. The future of building is here. Online at modspdx.com. Prime time with Isaac and Sue on 1080. Go goe, the fan.
1: All right, welcome back. Coming up on uh, Friday here on the fan, you will hear Oregon, Washington, a huge Pac 12 championship game with a college football playoff berth likely on the line. Uh, Pre game coverage, 1 o'clock. The coach, Dan Lanning, joins us now for his <laughs> weekly visit, and we appreciate you joining us today early. Much like last week. Sorry I missed you. I was sick.
3: I heard. We talked about it.
1: Yeah, he, yeah, made
2: a, he made a choice to be here today, though,
1: Coach. So. Well, no, I... I
3: appreciate that decision.
1: Sook told me that, he said, you know, Lanning said being sick is a choice. And when I, <laughs> when I heard that, I was like, wow. I wish I would have know, known that sooner. <laughs> and I would have made the choice to be here. But I, I well, was
3: out. appreciate the choice today it's uh It's good to be on with y'all
1: now what is that what is that being being sick is a choice? Where does that come from? Did that come from dear old dad or what what's that all about
3: uh no, I don't know. It's just something I've said for a long time um You, you don't get a lot of time to be sick during the football season, right. so uh, I think it's a pretty common phrase at least around our building
4: right
2: yeah, sympathy is not sympathy is not a high point for a lot of uh, high performance football teams just across the board. <clears throat>
3: That's right.
1: Yeah. If you, Like, when was the last time you were sick? Well, I guess. I don't get sick. You don't get <laughs> I right. knew that was coming. I walked right into it. Yeah. Damn it.
3: Yeah. Well, hey. Um, <laughs>
1: Sorry. <laughs> all good. Um, all right. So this game, I, one quick storyline I wanted to ask you about, I thought was interesting, was uh, the uh, OC at Washington said that uh, Washington State had all of their signs and their plays. Is that something you can tell by watching the film?
3: No, not necessarily. Um, you know, I, obviously that, that was a tight-knit ball game. It was really close. Um, but I do think that's something that you get if you get later into the season, you start to pay more attention to about, okay, what have we put on film? Uh, have we put it on film multiple times? Things like that. Um, and just having an awareness of it. Hmm. What is
1: your assessment of Washington since you played them? What, uh, their tape since you've played them?
3: Yeah, I mean, really talented team. I mean, to be undefeated at this point in the season speaks volumes about, you know, the, the caliber team you are, um, especially with some of the battles that they've had to play in. You know, similar to us, you get to play some really good teams. And, you know, one of the hard things about our conference is we, you know, we play nine games, unlike some conferences that play eight. And we play each other and we beat each other up throughout the season. And for these guys to get through, you know, this conference unscathed, this year is really, is really impressive.
2: So when you look at I mean, obviously you have film because you played them um but but it, it hasn't quite looked the same on offense. So how do you, is it a mixture of the two, seeing what they've done over the last five weeks? Uh, or do you focus more on on your game against them, whatever that was six weeks ago?
3: Well, I think you have to look at the whole picture. And uh, the one thing anybody has to recognize is to be a, you know, a good football team, that you have to be able to play good football across the board. And Sometimes that means your offense is going to win. Sometimes your defense is going to win. Sometimes uh, it's special teams um but they're obviously a team that can win in a multitude of ways and they've done that so
1: is it safe to say that last week was your best game
3: uh you know we we played a really complete game um that's for sure and I, like I said at the beginning of the year you know people always ask what are you what's your goal and my goal is that we're going to be playing our best football at the end of the season I think we're playing really well right now I think our team's gotten better every single week I think you look at a number of our players and. You recognize the growth that they've had. So all those things showing up is certainly a positive.
2: What's the biggest difference in you guys from when you played them first time around versus now? What's the biggest areas of improvement?
3: Well, I think there's, we've improved in a lot of areas across the board Um, and it'd be hard to single out one thing, you know, but um, the last few weeks we played uh, more clean from a penalty standpoint. Um, I think that's really important. Um, You know, we've been better in critical situations. You know, I know, Everyone will talk about going for it on fourth down in those games. You know, we've gone for it in fourth down since those games, and we've gotten it, you know. So um, when you go for it, yeah, that's something you want to get. Well, we didn't win any of our critical situations that game. I think we've been um, really good in our coverage units and uh, good in our punt return unit, which is big. Um, so, just want to continue to find some consistency across the board and continue to grow as we move forward into this one.
2: And don't you know, as a as a coach, that when you when you're aggressive and and it works, then you're a genius and you're aggressive. And when it doesn't, then you don't know how to coach and you're a fool. Isn't that kind of the, <laughs> kind of how it works? Yeah, that's the
3: that's the reality. <laughs> and the real reality is, uh, you're not a genius when it works, and um, you're not a fool when it doesn't. You, you just have to live in in reality. So um but that doesn't mean you can't learn from opportunities and expectations it doesn't mean you can't have a better plan doesn't mean you can't execute better um so all those things i think are pieces that always challenge our staff and our players to do a better job of and myself to do a better job of
2: we were talking i mean obviously this is a huge game and in your last year at georgia you guys were playing in a big one and you had taken the organ job and we were talking about the jonathan smith situation and you know he was leaving for Michigan state and the awkwardness. And it, I just feel like that's such a hard spot for a coach. How did you handle preparing for a national championship, but also knowing that you were, you were taking a different job?
3: Well, uh, you know, it's hard for me to speak on anybody else's situation because it's not really fair, um, you know, for me to know what, what exactly his situation is. But, you know, for mine there, you know, like you, you coach your entire life and never get to be a part of a national championship. And for me, um, that wasn't something I was willing to sacrifice. You know, as much as I wanted to be here and be the head coach at Oregon, that was something that was really important to me that we had worked really hard to get. And if that meant that I wasn't going to get the opportunity to be the head coach here, um, I wasn't, I wasn't going to walk out the door and not have the opportunity to, to still coach in that kind of game and that kind of environment because you can coach your entire life and, and never experience that. And grateful enough to have a phenomenal administration in Rob Mullins and, uh, some of the people that support him to say, yeah, we absolutely understand that. And then grateful enough to a guy like Kirby smart to say, okay, you're going to be doing two jobs at once. Um, that's a lot of work. How, how can you handle that? Can you still prepare our guys to get where they need to, to perform, you know, in that game and, and, uh, was lucky to do both and didn't get a lot of sleep, but uh wow. wouldn't trade that for a second.
1: Yeah. How did you balance all that?
3: Well, more coffee. Yeah. More coffee <laughs> and red bull. And, uh, then you just dig down deep, and then just you have to it. choose not to get sick. That's an important part. There.
1: <laughs> now, on the yeah. inside, did you know that Smith was out of there before coaching the Savoir?
3: I'm, I'm sure. I, you know, I heard rumors similar to everyone else. Um, you know, but you, you, there's so much that you don't know what's reality and what's not reality, and, and uh, coaching. So, yeah. it it didn't necessarily impact the way that we were going to prepare for a game or call a game or anything else. We knew we were playing a really good team that was certainly capable. Of uh, you know playing us well and we want to do a good job out there on the field
2: I mean playing in a Pac-12 title game is I mean it's all you and anyone ever wants playing in the SEC you know title game Pac-12 title game it's a chance to go play in the college football playoff but does it give it a little extra incentive that you got a chance to not just beat a rival but avenge your only loss of the year for your guys <sighs>
3: Yeah, I think you'd be lying if you said you didn't recognize that this is the one team that made you stumble, and you got to go out there and um, get an opportunity to compete against them in the last Pac-12 championship. Uh, and everybody knows the implications that are on the line within this game. You know what, what it leads to next, and what's after that. So there's plenty of motivation here. Um, there's plenty of excitement around this game, but um, as I said before, it's not going to be excitement or motivation that win win the game. It's going to be execution.
1: Uh, this is Dan Lanning of Oregon. Now, Bo Nix, um, he's the Heisman favorite now. So that's another element of this game with you know uh, Pennix plan, but but Bo's the favorite. What do you think? Or I, I'd like you to address the narrative that Bo Nix is check down Charlie. You know, you hear that a lot. Yeah. That people are trying to kind of nitpick his game. Wh- what do you say to people who say <laughs> that?
3: The guy, the guy is the best player in the nation right now. And he's thrown two interceptions and one of them bounced off the face of a wideout. I think when he's throwing the ball downfield, I mean, I'm not a stat guy, but like, apparently I need to start paying attention to him because when he's throwing the ball down the field, I think he has one of the highest QBRs of anybody else in the nation. He's like 95% efficiency on shots down the field. Um, we're winning at a really high level. Um, we're, we're, we're the best offense in the nation right now. He's the number one passer in the nation right now. So like pick your stat you want, but like, Hey, because your quarterback doesn't throw in the double coverage, and he's able to hit Bucky Irving in the flat, like give me that guy. That's a winner. Um, so yeah. uh, it's easy to try to nitpick, but you know you're talking about a team that's had a lot of success, and we, you know I don't know that success looks remotely the same without the way Bo Nix has played. He's played at an elite level this year, and anybody that doesn't recognize that hasn't watched him play.
2: I'm taking nothing away from Bo at Auburn, but I no one that covers the team certainly called <clears throat> saw this coming. Uh, I don't know if you guys did as, as a coaching staff. When did you know, was it last year? this When did you know that this wasn't just a, a solid player in the transfer portal, but he's pretty special?
3: I think we always knew uh, some of those traits that Bo had, you know, that made him really special. I mean, going and competing against him at Georgia, um, you knew that he was extremely talented and elusive and threw a good ball. Um, you know, I don't think people ever recognize how many drops existed when he was at Auburn there was a lot of balls you know I remember the last time I played him I was like man thank God they didn't catch the ball because there was there was like 14 (laughs) drops in that game and uh, so I think he's always been a good quarterback Um, now what he's done here I think it's hard for anybody to expect somebody to come in and be the absolute best player in the nation and that's what he's done this year and just grown from even what he did last year just like I said before he's a coach on the field I mean he's in a staff meeting with us today and we're talking through okay what do you like here and that's just a different element that most people in college football don't have.
1: Yeah, all that check down Charlie stuff falls into the feboo category, right? <laughs> that that
3: feboo <FIBU>. Exa- Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly.
1: What, I think that's what you mean. Um all right, here's a random question. What walk us through what you do at halftime?
3: We just go in there and eat like to have popsicles and just kind of <laughs> hang out. No. Um, we go back through through you know, explosives that were successful for us on defense, things that hurt us on offense, maybe something um, vice versa that we saw the opponent do that we weren't prepared for and make sure we talk through all of our calls and adjustments, what that'll look like. Um, we get a, you know, get the dry erase board out. And then you also have, you know, some drawings that you've made note of on the sideline there that you show the players and then talk about what your second half adjustments will be. Okay. We've saved this through the first half. We want to pull it out for the second half and use it or, Um, hey, here's something that we didn't practice this week, but we feel like we need to win the game, so let's just talk through all the the rules and adjustments and then uh, just kind of hit a reset button. Is it ever too long,
1: or is it not enough time?
3: No, I mean, it is what it is, right? Like red light, green light, focus on what you control. Um, Halftime is what it is, so we utilize every single minute of it that we can, and um, we, we try to be as efficient with it as possible.
2: Now, I played – my first conference championship game I played in was in Vegas. Now, BYU is slightly different, but um, we had a couple guys didn't make it to the game. Oh. <laughs> we had one of those situations. Is there any um, – you know, d- does does the prep change at all, being a conference championship game and being in Vegas to make sure that everyone kind of minds their P's and Q's and is, and is focused?
3: We'll have zero of those issues. <laughs> so that's, that's not going to be an issue for us.
2: Count on that. <laughs> I, I love it. Yeah, we – you know, we – we're different, you know. We were, uh, you know, we we can get
1: in trouble at BYU for things that other places. Well, You guys were like caged animals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know? it's it's not. They hold good. you back, and, and then they unleash you in yeah, Vegas. Yeah. And it's unfair. All right, sir. Well, gr- uh, best of luck on Friday. Uh, appreciate you coming on a day early, and hey, uh, choose not to be sick. Okay.
3: <laughs> we'll continue to make that choice. <laughs> so appreciate you guys. Have a good one.
1: See ya. I love the zero chance. <laughs> That's not happening. Yeah. They're on lockdown.
2: We had like four kids that, uh, including our best player, that did not make it to that game. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, again, I think at BYU, it's dangerous. It's
2: like, you can't keep us us in Provo all year and then be like, hey, your reward for your game is Las Vegas. It's unfair. Right. It's entrapment.
1: Yeah. That's like starving the lion (laughs) and then putting the lion in with the meat that's just sitting on the table. And then you're mad at him for doing lion things. Yeah. (laughs) He devours the meat and you're like, what are you doing? You're, you're suspended. I can't do that. I just remember waking up the day of the game and
2: being like, what? <laughs> Who? Oh. Yeah, that's, that's not bad. Yeah, we lost, by the way.
1: I was going to ask him how a kickoff goes out of bounds, but then I thought he'd get mad about that.
2: Yeah, the kicker situation. Don't... How does that happen? Well, you brought up the kicker once before, and it didn't
1: go yeah, well he with didn't him like either. <laughs> He's like, if you guys would shut up, <laughs> then he wouldn't be uh, yeah, struggling with his confidence. Yeah, you don't want to. What if it comes down to a or a game-tying or game-winning field goal? With uh, Lewis.
2: I think the pucker factor for everyone affiliated with that
1: program will be about a 14. Where do you, what yardage? Uh, so if it's like, I think it was only like, was it like a 38 yarder, the one that it he was in? It was in the 30s. It wasn't that long. I want to say it was like maybe 34, 35. Let's say I they thought
4: were, it was
2: 40s.
1: Was it 40? <laughs> I'll look it up. Let's say they line up for a 43 yard field goal. Oh my God. No one wants How that. How do you feel about that? I don't, you don't. You just
2: can't. You can't feel good about it. Plain and simple. You just can't. And I'll also. Say this, I think that he will be not that he's never not, he will be uber aggressive on fourth and short in field goal range.
1: Yeah, he kind of has to be.
2: Look, if it's fourth and three at the and and you're at the you're staring at a 40 yard field goal, I don't think you unless you have to end of the game like it was in the first No time left, no time left. Obviously, you come out and kick it, but I do not think that they go into any of those situations believing that you know, hey, it's a 38 yard field goal. Uh, well, you know, fourth and two, we're kicking this thing. I think he will be, as he always is. I think he will be very, very uh, aggressive.
1: All right, Dan Lanning uh, typically joins us on Thursdays at four. Moved it up a day because of the game on Friday. To be fair, I forty three. It was forty three. Forty three. Okay. Mm-hmm. Will knows ball. Will knows ball. <laughs> yeah. What if it's? he was at the twenty five. What if it's a twenty nine yard field goal? You got to. You got to have feel confidence about that, that? you are going to
2: make that. Right.
1: Do you ever? Field well, goals are
2: funky because when you're at the twenty-five, right? It it's seems like it's a cheap shot, but you get an angle and you add 10 and then the seven and all of a sudden, like it's just it's it's one of those eyeball kind of
1: mind blanks. Yeah.
2: Because you're at the 25. You're like, dude, this is a chip. And then you're like, eh, it's not I so I don't know much. about
1: you, but when in the NFL, I, it's automatic. When I watch kickers, it, it doesn't matter what league, college or pro. I just there's something about the kicker where when you want it. Like, you need it, mm-hmm. whether it be your team or your bet or whatever, you instantly know it's not going on. <laughs> and then when you need it to not go, it goes in, Yeah, right? Yeah. And so you'll... It's always funny, like, that feeling you get... I, I actually think the kick is an exciting play.
2: Oh, absolutely.
1: Um, because that feeling you get when you see them line up and then you see the angle, you instantly assess... <laughs> What's going to happen? And it's shocking how how often you can be right. It's like, it's like, oh, this is good. This is, a, let's say you're an Atlanta Falcons fan, and that guy, uh, Koo, he's like the best kicker in the NFL. And I think they said he has now passed Justin Tucker. He's his money for the best field goal percentage, make percentage of anybody ever. Yeah. So let's say it's a forty-five yarder, or whatever, and you're like, oh, Koo's got this. But then you see the line you see the angle and it's way worse and in what side of the field they're on yeah and you're like oh that could be weird and then he shanks it See to me the NFL and college game it's one of the bigger the bigger
2: differences in that the hash marks in the NFL are close and those kickers are so good in college I'll tell you right now there is not a single kick in college football, that I feel good about, especially you can have a twenty-five yard field goal, but yeah. when you're on one of the hashes, you're like, "Oh man, and you got to hook
1: it way in there."
2: I, like, I don't like this at all. College football, and there's not many good kickers. The kicking game in college is the most for a, for a, a, a coach or a player that is the most nerve wracking situation on the planet. I mean, and and you talk about the angle. I was at the the UW Oregon game, and no one in the stadium knew if it had gone in. Like, cause mm. it, like he kicks it, and then like you're waiting. You see it cross. You're, you're like looking
1: at the officials. Yeah,
2: you're like looking down. You're like, wait, did that go in? There was this this weird thing, and then you're like, oh my god, he missed it. Cause it's hard to tell where you're sitting. It is, it's just it's the most eerily quiet that you can get seventy thousand people a- at one time. Being is just w- waiting to
4: see if a if a kick goes in or not. We had a year at Central where we didn't have a game where we made every extra point. So just remember that they were full scholarship kickers. D two, but still. You, you say that you had what? We didn't have a game where we made every extra point. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah missed, they always missed they at least. least one. Missed one. We always missed at least one. <laughs> well, full scholarship kicker. It's tough, man. Because everyone does the same
2: thing. It's one job. Kick it through the upright. That's go, what my wife says. Go out and kick a ball sometime
4: and see how hard that is. Does Washington have a good kicker? Not really. Perfect. Yeah. Does anyone have a good kicker in college? Like one team does. Maybe Missouri with that fat kicker. I always feel like the SEC teams are money kickers. Utah has. Well, Oregon,
2: you know, Lewis is the all-time leading scorer at Oregon. He was a guy that— He's not bad.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
5: Now, you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. But you, I get but that. But they people... came
2: into this year thinking that
1: was a massive strength, and it's been a little. Uh... Yeah,
5: he's been a little wobbly. <sighs> I still don't know how a
1: kick goes out of bounds. It blows me away, but okay. There it is, uh, the great Dan Lanning. Uh, Coming up next, other things on the fan. All right, i got a quick uh, clip to play. Do you like clips? I do. Love them. This is Brandon Dorless of Your Ducks Mm -hmm. talking about Friday's game against Washington. By the way, more on the game coming up. Joey Harrington, 5.30. Um... Yeah, I guess uh, Washington fans are getting a little hot and bothered about this one.
2: Yeah, they think it's uh, maybe a little cheap, a little personal here. Well,
1: I mean, look, we've talked about it you know, ad nauseum the last couple of weeks. We think Michael Penix is hurt, and perhaps it goes back to when Oregon... You know, Oregon really got after him in the second half of that that first meeting.
2: There's a couple shots, and one of them specifically doorless
1: <laughs> hits him, and I think that is where,
2: again, whether it's ribs, a sternum, something is broken, and, and I, I do think if you, if you want to point to one, it is doorless that gets him. Um, that I, I think hurt Penix.
1: So here's what Dorlas said about this matchup with Penix.
4: Were you focusing on
1: in those watches taking
5: Michael Penix out? Yeah, he's been quite different statistically mm-hmm. since you guys played him. It's a lot of talk about whether or not he's playing hurt. Yeah, and obviously we'd have no idea. But do you feel like you guys made thing them up a little bit in that game?
4: Yeah, for sure. You know, you can always see it in the character, like how they act playing the games and. You know, it's not just like he's hit him all the time. You know, if you just get him, his feet off the spot, you know, if that affects him a lot. You know, Coach Tosh says like he's just standing in a pocket, just standing there. He's probably one of the best quarterbacks in the nation, but we get that those feet moving out of his spot and don't let him get the rhythmic throws. And then he's he's our standard quarterback. Yeah, I mean, look, we don't like honesty. <laughs>
2: we anytime someone's honest, you know, we we get a little. We get a little offensive. They're yes. gonna try to
1: get after him. Yes.
2: Man. And 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 this is gonna sound <laughs> it's gonna sound crappy, but if you're a Washington fan, this is every football team they never say it, but anytime you go through scouting reports, right? I, I, I it, and coaches don't say it uh outwardly because then you end up with a New Orleans situation where you talk about killing the head and then guys get fired. Remember, like Bounty Gate. Um, but I remember offensive line coach in Tampa. He was great. Uh, Bill would Bill Muir, and he would go through and be like, uh, "If you watch the uh, the tape there, number sixty seven, uh, the injury report. He's got a little bit of a leg, so let's take note of that." And it's just kind of one of those things that's implied that look, you know, if you get a chance on the backside cut block, if you know their best defensive tackle, if you can go down there and put a couple licks on him, I promise you that somewhere in a duck meeting. They have discussed the fact that Penix has a chest rib problem. And look, if we can get there and we can put a couple licks on him, put a couple hits, get him off his spot, you know, his his play is is different. And like you said, one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in the country, in the pocket, in rhythm, when healthy. Banged up, Penix that has to move around and not be able to set his feet, you're going to give him some problems. And he doesn't want to get hit right now. You saw it in the Washington State game. Those two plays that he had at the end of that game should have been interceptions. He feels pressure now because when you have a searing pain, down your side the last thing you want to do is get hit and if you get some traffic around you you can get a guy that makes some dumb decisions simply because he wants to get rid of the ball and then curl up and and not get hit in his ribs so this is going to be part of oregon's game plan to hit him to hit him often and people don't want to hear it but you know that it doorless is right he becomes a very normal quarterback and if you look at Penix over the last five weeks he is not elite He's just not. He makes elite plays at times, and he's made elite throws when he has needed to, but he has not been an elite quarterback since Oregon played
4: them. I I also guarantee that last year when Bo Nix got hurt with his ankle, that was something that UW took note of. Now, I'm not saying that they were going in and in piles they'd be twisting up on his ankle, but if you know that Bo Nix has a hurt ankle, guess what you don't have to do in a zone read situation? You can just go right to the running back because there's no chance that Bo will take it. And if he does and he pulls it himself, you'll be able to run it down because he's on a bum ankle and he can't move. It's just part of the game. And and unfortunately, I think for UW, it, it, you know, from
2: safety to D line to running back to quarterback. It's a war. The biggest thing in this game, it, Oregon's playing so well, but the biggest factor in this is UW's. Just it's a war of attrition, and UW has failed it, and it's not their fault. But we talk about this all the time. the The, the number one thing that that goes into who wins down the stretch in the NFL and college football is health. Like being healthy doesn't mean you are going to win, but not being healthy. It puts you behind the eight ball like nothing else. And you dub right now at too many key positions. Secondary, linebacker, D-line, uh, running back, and quarterback. All of those positions, the best player at those positions. Oh, and by the way, ZTF got hurt in the in the uh, uh the Apple Cup as well. Like they're just across the board. I mean, guys are are hurt. Even if they're playing, they are beat up and there's not a lot of depth at some of those positions. So uh, it's, it's kind of a shame because I think the first time around we got Oregon U-Dub at full strength or close to it. I know McMillan didn't play. Um, but you got one of the great games in college football this year. And I think we'd get that game again if both sides were healthy. But Oregon, for the most part, is pretty healthy and, and U-Dub is not.
1: All right, let's move on. In the News is coming up next. Hey, Coin6 has your ticket to the NFL on CBS this Sunday. Broncos visit the Texans at 10 a.m. Preview all the day's games starting at 9 a.m. with uh, the NFL Today on Coin6. Yeah, In the News is uh, coming up next. The...
0: This is Pac-12 Championship Week on Primetime with Isaac and Sue. Brought to you
1: by Mods PDX. The future of building is here. On 1080, the fan. All right, uh, still to come, Joey Harrington, his thoughts on Oregon-Washington. Does he feel it will be a close game? That'll be at 530. But uh, right now it is November 29, 2023. It is time for In the News. I'm your noted newsman. Hello. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Oh, no. Oh, no. It is National Lemon Cream Pie Day. Had one of those, uh, or a uh, uh, slice of one of those. Thanksgiving. The other day.
2: I'm assuming that was on Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah, I don't know where it came from, but we had (laughs) one. Okay. It was in the fridge.
2: Yeah, we had a sour cream lemon pie at our Thanksgiving. I'm assuming that kind of counts. Same sort of thing. All
1: right. Anything lemon, I am a sucker. I'm not a huge
2: lemon guy, but uh I love lemon. you can give me like if, I would never Succa.
1: order a lemon bar or a lemon cream pie, but Ooh. if there's a slice available, I'll take a bite. Lemon bar? Yes, please. Mm. It's down the list for me. It is also electronic greeting card day. Do you ever use the electronic greeting card? Never. Mama Rops a big electronic greeting card person.
2: I like the uh, I like the old school. I like the analog cards. I like writing out a nice uh, handwritten card and uh, handing it to someone.
1: I have I have boycotted cards. I I don't send them anymore. You're out. Uh-huh. I just call or text. You know, yeah. you can do the little balloons on text. You know. No, oh, yeah. can do that. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what's uh, I don't know the greeting card world's business model. I don't know how it's going, but it would seem to me that maybe not as great.
4: As it, it used to be. It's got to be down. I've it never sent one of those and never received one of those. Yeah, the youth of uh, of the world. You That's... never received a card? No, not a greeting card from someone my age. No, from like grandma. And well, grandpa? grandma, yeah, for sure. With but ten I'm bucks saying, in it. I'm saying my age.
1: Yeah, a like, greeting
4: card my age. It's yeah. it's a dying. Industry. Yeah, no one sends
1: greeting cards if you're under. No. Like you don't, would probably you probably under thirty. Dude. Well, where do your parents live? Uh, in their house. Uh, yeah. Okay. Where <laughs> in in Hawkinson. <laughs> Yeah, okay. So, like, if you live... Let's say your parents lived in New York. Would you send them a card for their for your birthday? Like, so you, Why like, wouldn't I just FaceTime them? <clears throat> well, right. That's what I'm asking. Like, no. so you would just... you To you, it's like, oh, I just FaceTime, which that's what I would do, too. Yeah. But you wouldn't send a card?
4: No, my FaceTime would get there faster. I wouldn't have to prep for it. I'm a big procrastinator.
2: Now, as someone that does love cards, I don't send cards, but I give out cards. Right? So, like... I, I, I will, on any of my kids' birthdays, uh, significant other, um, <clears throat> anything like that, anything that I'm going to, there will be a card given to that person, but I do not send a card across country.
1: That uh, is a text or a... Not a stamp guy. No, 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 you no. You just pick up a card to say...
2: I have a box of cards that I like bought.
1: thank you cards?
2: Uh, it's a whole box of my bottom years ago, <laughs> and there's one that like, on the front that says, congratulations, another one says, happy anniversary, birthday, or whatever, and they're mm-hmm. all blank inside that because I, I just like having a blank card and uh, and then I write my own uh, handwritten note in there and then I hand those out and I've been doing that for years
1: well I've never gotten one
2: well I've never been invited to anything well you don't have to be invited I kind of do Oh, if you oh invite- it's only if you go well, there I mean if you invited me to something I would show up with a card
4: I'm yeah. still waiting for a ham
2: yeah good luck with that what do you mean the holiday hams you guys used to give out? Oh, yeah. Have- Dude, and by the way, it wasn't that is a holiday so ham. so
1: 1997.
2: Yeah, and it was only it was a gift certificate that didn't great. cover the whole ham.
1: Yeah, it, it covered all- half the ham? It was only part of the it ham. Was
2: a, you got a discount ham from Honey Baked. Did I have to do it on layaway? I suppose you, you could put a ham on layaway.
1: I never Payment even plan? used it. I just went there and got a sandwich because it covered a whole sandwich lunch. So that was what I viewed it. Now, this guy says, you know, it's great to FaceTime, but... Uh, his grandparents still have a rotary and an answering machine, so now what do you do? That's tough. So they're not FaceTiming. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Then you send the damn card. you send the card. (laughs) You suck it up and you go buy a stamp and you send a card. All right, so this is a very Portland-y fight, but uh, I was reading about this and I thought it was funny. The Multnomah County Library in the Hollywood neighborhood Mm -hmm. closed last Sunday after dozens of people protested a group planning to use one of their public meeting rooms. (laughs) And what were we? What were we meeting over now that was causing this outrage? It all began when a representative from the Women's Liberation Front reserved the library meeting room for a speaking event with a similar group, Women's Declaration International. I'm not familiar with either one of these groups. The subject was protecting women's and children's rights, where several women will give short speeches. I nuts. still they don't. Gonna... I still don't see the problem. <clears throat> is this a Moms of Liberty sort of thing? Is it one of those? Um, WLF, which is Women's Liberation Front, mm. describes itself as a feminist group created by women for women, dedicated to reaffirming what the group refers to as the sex-based rights of women and girls. But critics say, now, okay, so here's a here's this is the this is the real crux here. Do you believe? That they are too right or left? Well, anytime front is used in
2: something, I always assume that that's a right wing group. But the fact that it's a women's liberation
1: group, yeah. it's far like, left. It seems left, right? It has to be left. So do you think the protesters were like the people who are who are saying, yeah, yeah, screw women?
2: Or. I think it's just right wing women. I guess I think the Moms of Liberty showed up to
1: protest against the Women's oh, Liberation League. That's no. where I'm going. To. No, they they are claim the critics claim that wlf is anti transgender oh
2: okay yeah so cuz they women
1: and girls they're pro
2: women and girls but yeah. they didn't include the trans women and then that's not going to stand for it so then we had the the tra- Again, it's all about uh, being inclusive, and apparently, it's not being inclusive. So you see enough. why I
1: said this is a Portland fight. That is a very Portlandy fight. The graffiti was sprayed on the library's walls, according to a spokesperson with the library. The graffiti has now been removed, but there is still some new mess on the windows. Dozens of protesters covered the whole block Sunday afternoon, gathering outside the closed library and carrying signs, with one reading "Feminists don't support the alt right." Oh my god! Wow. So after library leadership uh, spoke with Multnomah County Security, Portland Police Bureau, and event organizers, the WLF chose to hold their activity outside of library and not use the meeting room.
2: Well, for groups that are all about like free speech and rights, they sure do get their uh, knickers in a twist when someone exercises their right to have a meeting, and then we freak out. And if you have a meeting in a public library, now we want to, yeah, it's just vandalize the
1: library. Yeah, I'm looking at it picture of all just a lot of people out yeah. there it's probably Protesting. the most people in front of a library in years <laughs> I think that's
2: probably right it's not true if you go if you go to any library there is a lot li- because they open at like eight homeless people there is a line of people a line waiting to get into the library any library any library why what are they doing checking, the internet? checking their email that's the one I drive by that all the time in the morning you, really? go, you go by about 745 and there will be a line of people and I'm, I'm talking 30, 40 people waiting what? to get into the library. What are they doing? I, I think it's people that don't have a lot of other places to go.
1: So. Yeah, so they're checking their emails. Checking their email. Getting their free it's, coffee. It's warm, you know, you yeah. hang out. Yes. I mean, they're not checking out books. Looking for that new J.K. Rowling drop. I
2: just, because I was my, for years I went to therapy, and my therapist's office was downtown. <laughs> and my appointment would be at like 8 <laughs> o'clock. I made the first one I could, and I would always drive by that library, and I was like, oh my God, every day. Like, the library is a jumping place. Now, it's up for you to debate why anyone's going in there. But I'm telling you, libraries, still
1: a thing. Okay. I'm confused about the whole... Yeah, that's, This I just... Women on women You violence. said, was Fred Armisen involved? Yes. He should have been.
2: <laughs> so the women wanted to protect the rights of women but they weren't protecting the rights of all women, according to a certain group. And then the other group said that they are protecting the rights of all women because
1: those other women aren't women, and there's the crux of the fight. And then the women just went, oh, fine, we'll just go somewhere else. (laughs) We don't need to meet here. Um, All right, how dangerous are the Pacific Northwest volcanoes? That's next on The Fam.
0: This is Pac-12 Championship Week on Primetime with Isaac and Sue. Brought to you
5: by Mods PDX. The future of building is
1: here. On
0: 1080, The Fan.
1: All right, welcome back. The Hot 5 at 5 is coming up next. A lot of um, transfer portal news. Yeah, big news, too. We
2: told you. Like, People are saying this is going to be a crazy offseason when yeah. all the names are, are popping in there. And there's definitely some big ones already. And... A librarian has chimed in on the Vancouver 4 text line, says library usage, all-time high. Really? Yeah, the librarians
1: are saying it's packed. Okay, but again, why, though? It's not for the reasons you might think, though.
2: Look, I I don't think everyone's going there just to, like, rent their favorite book, but I think for a lot of people, with times being tough, it's access to Internet. Again, it's a safe, clean, warm You know, space to hang out, and you can you can watch movies, you can read books. There's a lot of for people that are, uh, you know, possibly trying to like look for employment. I mean, not everyone has access to the internet or electricity to charge devices, and uh, the library I think is a big spot for people that are that are either struggling or or trying to kind of dig themselves out. And then I'm sure there's plenty of people
1: that actually, you know, that, that use it for, I guess, what you would think the intended purpose is. The Pacific Northwest has shown no recent signs of an impending volcanic eruption. However, our region remains one of the more hazardous areas in the United States. Yeah, supposedly, right? We're still waiting on that big one. <clears throat> For volcanic activity. Experts with the U.S. Geological Survey announced in uh, early November that Mount St. Helens was not at risk of erupting after more than 400 earthquakes were recorded near the mountain since mid-July. Of course, uh, earthquakes are simply part of what the most active volcano in the um, contiguous United States does. Yeah,
2: the earthquakes and the volcanoes, they kind of go hand-in-hand hand on those.
1: Yeah. While the Pacific Northwest has shown no recent signs of uh, impending eruption, the region remains one of the more hazardous. Survey of 161 volcanoes around the U.S. published by the USGS in 2018 shows that Oregon and Washington have 8 of the eighteen most hazardous volcanoes in the United States, interesting. Four in Washington and four in Oregon, all listed in the very high threat category based on their overall threat score. I'm guessing, Twenty-four different factors they use to get that score. Well,
2: I'm guessing too that they're close to you know populated areas. You know, whereas a lot of the other ones, like Alaska and Hawaii, some of those are probably you know people are like Hawaii's got got to be number one.
1: Yeah, Kilauea is number one. Yeah, but I think they're so used to that, people don't necessarily build right next to those. Kilauea, one. Mount St. Helens is two.
2: Get right the hell out of town.
1: In the U.S. Yeah, go Mount um, St. Helens. Mount Rainier is three. There's a volcano in Alaska that is four. Then Mount Shasta, five. Mount Hood, Six.
2: You know what? Let's puff our chests out a little bit. <laughs> we got we got to hang our hat on something other than the homeless. We're Let's
1: dominating this.
2: Dangerous point. volcanoes.
1: Three sisters. Seven. Boom. Cross and chop. then uh, we go Alaska for a while, and then we get down to Newberry Volcano, Oregon. Thirteenth uh, on the list. What's the number one in uh, in Alaska? Just off the. It's uh. It's called Readout. No, I don't know that one. Readout Volcano. Okay. That sounds made up.
2: I, but uh, it's not. Never never heard of that one. Mount Spur was the one that I was in. Never been in an earthquake, but I was in a volcanic eruption. Kind of creepy. Were you Harry Truman? Uh, I was not Harry Truman. Mount Spur was far enough away, but we did get covered in about a foot and a half of ash, and it was creepy because it was like midday, and you couldn't see the sun I guess all. if
1: you were Harry Truman, you'd be dead. I'd be dead. <laughs> you'd be buried.
2: <laughs> Taking my last photos and then like, you know. With your house preserving my body i'm not coming down uh that would not be me i would be the first guy off the mountain be like what i gotta go all right i'm out of here i doing the
4: michael scott racing out first oh 100
2: dude my track record as far as fleeing disasters is uh it's well established here
4: you're doing a costanza you pushing people down to get Work. out
2: all i'm saying is that if you're waiting for me to be the one that's leading people to free freedom in a time of crisis uh it's too late i'm already gone i'm in the parking lot i'm out like we're supposed to stick around and like d- like deliver information to the people, like there was like a plan in place, and I was like, yeah, that's not going to be me. When the big one hits, I'm not going to be on the airways telling people to be calm. I'm going to be stealing a boat, making my way up the uh, Willamette to try to get home.
1: There's somebody who says their mom still checks out DVDs from the library. It's very cute.
2: My dad was a big uh, library guy, and I know on, on the Vancouver one, I'm sure you can in the public, they'll mail them to you. Oh, really? You can go online. My dad thought it was the greatest thing ever. And you can get DVDs, books, or whatever, and then they just mail them to your house. And Robert N. Brown thought that was the single greatest thing when he discovered that. It's like Netflix before Netflix.
1: All right, coming up next is the Hot 5 at 5 Transfer Portal news and some big news out of the NFL as well. Um, Joey Harrington next hour. It is 457 on The Fan.